Nothing important, Matt Reyes. Nothing important, Matt Reyes. I'm going to try to talk to you guys after eating a heavy meal, which I might be doing too much of that lately. I might be eating too good, ladies and gentlemen. How's everybody doing? I just finished eating. I'm looking at a picture of... uh, I love these, like, auto-generated screensavers on laptops. It's two monkeys, and um, it was like a fucking billion species of monkey. It was It's a mother monkey or a father monkey holding the baby, and they both have red faces and brown fur, and they're somewhere where it's snowy year-round, but there's a hot spring, which would be fucking fantastic. You know, that contrast. I want, Does that cause sickness? I don't understand how that works. You get it like if you're in like a really cold climate and you just plunge yourself into super hot water. <coughs> oh, that burp had dimensions. Um, it smelled like cucumber. You know, my what I just ate was not that unhealthy. I, I put some vegetables in there. Um, what the fuck was I talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I love you. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, yeah, back to this picture. So it's two monkeys and they're consoling each other in the caption. There's, it's not only a photo for the screensaver. It's a caption. It says, after a day in the snow, there's nothing like soaking your cares away at the local spa. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Some like it cold. The crit- These critters live farther north than any other primate except humans so i guess they're they're close to the north pole and then somewhere north on the globe where it's cold year round um which is like the complete antithesis of what i'm trying to do with my life ladies and gentlemen i'm trying to go somewhere where the climate is a balmy 75 year round you understand what i'm saying i love the seasons and when i was in los angeles i got depressed and now I'm thinking it was just because it, it wasn't because I actually missed weather or seasons. LA has fake ass seasons. I think it was the change. And anytime there's like an extreme change, especially climate, first time moving out of New York City and living in an arid, dry wasteland, that's going to do something to you. Doesn't matter how beautiful and Instagram ready every photo that you take in Los Angeles is. Does not matter how scenic and beautiful it may be driving uh, on Mulholland Drive or through the canyons or whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, doesn't matter. That level of drastic change, you know, shake you up. It will shake you up. And I think my jeans are calling me. Not my pants, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about DNA. I'm talking about DNA. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about genetics. I think my genetics are calling me. My ancestors are speaking through the pores that are developing in my skin as I age. And they're saying, go somewhere that is extremely humid so that your skin is constantly moisturized. That's what I want. I, I was talking to my girl about this today. We were talking about um, spas. And she was saying, I want a facial. Pause. She was like, I want a facial. Um... It's not dirty talk, ladies and gentlemen. The child was present. She wanted she wanted to get a facial at a spa. And um, in Thailand, they call that a good time. No. 
Uh, I can't stop. She went to get a facial, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, like, I would do it, but I only want one from, like, the Los Angeles. Like, you know how people, LA is so fucking dry. And people get, like, a facial in Los Angeles and it looks like they just have, like, fucking lip gloss all over <laughs> Like, it moisturizes you and there's no moisture in the air out there. That's what I would want. And I don't even think I need to do that. You know why? Because you can just go somewhere that's fucking humid. You can just go somewhere that's humid. The most humid place I've ever been to in my goddamn life. Bangkok. Pattaya. Thailand. That shit was humid as all fuck. It's like you're constantly under a fat man's armpit. It's just incredible. It's incredible and it's enjoyable. Some people actually say they don't like humidity and I call those people satanic. I think those people are going straight to hell. Where it's nice and hot. And no, there's no humidity. You're just crispy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Have you, um, you think heaven is humid? Uh, anyway, um, what am I doing? What am I doing? But uh, like I was saying, some people don't like humidity. And I love humidity. I think humidity is... And I might be being biased. I just told you that my ancestors are trying to communicate with me through my pores. Grain of salt, ladies and gentlemen. I might be reading into this a little bit too much. But I'm Puerto Ricanio. I'm Puerto Rican. And I just feel so at peace when it's warm and when it's, there's moisture in the air. Pause! Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I say that, I say that, and I was talking about Thailand. There are some benefits to humidity that are fucking incredible. You can drink all you fucking want in Thailand and you don't feel it. You don't fucking feel it, ladies and gentlemen. You might get a hangover, but it's not to the same degree as when you drink in the States. And that's because you're constantly sweating out everything you're fucking consuming. It is like you're, you're in a fucking detox as you're toxifying the, the body at the same goddamn time. And there's spicy food. That, that culture is just created for alcoholics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's an out like if this the if the matrix is real if this is a light hologram Thailand is just the the, the manifested dream of a, a horrible alcoholic who destroyed his family that's what that is that's what the fuck that is <laughs> Thailand is the manifestation of some Jack Daniel addicted gambling addict if you've been to Thailand you know what the fuck I'm talking about you understand what the fuck I'm talking about. It's like, what other place could you drink morning till night? All the bars are open. All the clubs are open. There's like disco theme shit. You understand what I'm saying? You get drunk enough. You're in the club. Every woman that's in the club is a worker. Imagine this, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine you're in a club and all the girls are pay to play. And it's not in like a weird, creepy setting. It's not like, you, you know, the bitch is in a cage and they present her to a whole bunch of fucking billionaires. You know what I'm saying? It's not like that. It's not like that. It's just like it feels real and then it's kind of implied on a sub level that it's all paid to play. And I'm thinking about that shit. I'm like, yo, this is like an alcoholic drink all day, stumble around like a bumbling fool, you know, get five plates of food for $6 US, just eat to your fucking heart's content, you know, fuck a girl, fuck a girl, fuck a girl, get a massage, sweat out the alcohol, fuck a girl. Fuck a girl. You stay there a couple years. You probably fuck a guy. You know what I'm saying? It gets tricky. It gets tricky. Ladies and gentlemen, be careful. 
be motherfucking careful if you are in Thailand, if you are experiencing that manifested dream of an alcoholic bad father. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> it's fucking incredible, man. It's fucking incredible. Ah, oh, man. I love thinking about shit like it is the Matrix because it was once popular, but now it's popular in like a comical level. It, it, it's just... <laughs> It's just super fucking hilarious, and I blame Andrew Tate. I'm 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 happy he got a Romanian prison um, because you don't want to see anybody fucking locked up um, for doing things that you know Americans love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Pimping bitches for streams, but he got out, and uh, you know he's back to talking about the Matrix. He calls himself Morpheus, and I think that is very interesting. Um, he's half black, so you know. I don't know if that counts. You know, I thought the whole concept of Morpheus was like the coolest black man, <laughs> not only in, on Earth, because Earth is the Matrix, but, you know, in the real world, too. Because, um, you know, Hollywood, black guy, naturally cool. Um, does that bother naturally cool white guys? You know what I'm saying? Is that, this is an interesting thought. Are we programmed? Or like, it's like, you know, how like you get the, the the people who are you know super historically uh, educated, and they would tell you like all the forms of architecture that predate um, Italy or um, just European culture in, in general. You know Greece, all the philosophies, all the mathematics that stems from Africa. Um, like, what if it wasn't just the perception of academia or intellect reversed? Right, we live in the modern era where it is perceived by the masses that the white man is the smartest, right? But what if in the past, like if you could go to ancient Egypt, you know, and the Jews were white <laughs> in ancient Egypt, what if they were like the hip ones and the people in power were like really corny and uptight? I don't know. I don't know. Um, what was I talking about? Andrew Tate? Andrew Tate freeing himself in the Matrix? Um we know one thing, and he he says it himself. He's not Neo. He is not Neo. He is definitely Morpheus, because if he was Neo, he would have, I don't know, he would have like fucking mind melded the bars and broke them. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that shit works. I don't know how that shit works. I'm not a subscriber to the Hustlers Academy. Learn how to hustle, baby. Hustlers Academy. Um and is that a gentrified thing? Like being, a, you know what I'm saying? That's like a real American black guy thing. You guys, he's a hustler from, what is he, Canadian? Uh, anyway. Nah, uh, uh, yeah. I'm drinking agua. Agua nile. Agua nile. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be funny? Wouldn't that be hilarious if we finally created the time machine? Or maybe time is not linear like we think it is. And that's why we haven't been able to create the time machine. And this is a matrix. And Andrew Tate really is Morpheus. And I'm making fun of him. And that's lessening my chances from being unplugged and entering the real world. That is a starship cruising through a dystopian uh, reality where robots are trying to kill us. You get the fucking point. Um, 
That would be fucking interesting. It would be... If this great hypothetical, ladies and gentlemen, if you could be unplugged, let's say Andrew Tate is not lying to us. If you could be unplugged, if you could really see how this shit works, if you could really see how this shit works, would you? And and I'll, I'll give it to you plain out because in the movie, there was this kind of hypothetical premise where um, one guy betrayed the other people who were awake and made a deal with the machine. To go back into the matrix rich. That's not the hypothetical that I'm giving you. I'm talking about you keep your motherfucking life. However your life is right now. If you happy, great. If you sad, you got to keep it. You got to keep it. Would you rather know and go into reality or stay in the world of what you know right now? What would you decide? What would you decide? Do you really want to know? I don't know. I don't know if everybody listening to the Nothing Important Podcast really wants to know. I don't know if everybody in the Nothing Important Podcast... Um, be interesting. <clears throat> you know, I was watching last night. That was beautiful. It was a movie I probably used to watch back in the day. Like, I think I started watching when I was like six years old or something, ladies and gentlemen. This is an old motherfucker throwback... Put yourself in a fucking recliner and recline back and try to remember this one with me. It's a movie. It's a classic. It was directed by a classic actor slash director. I didn't know that he was a director. Now I understand him to be a classic actor and a classic director. Uh, it was a classic film. I am talking about a movie directed by Danny DeVito. Everybody loves Danny DeVito. Everybody knows Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Three times. Charm. And the movie he directed was... Based off of a, a book. And uh, I didn't read the fucking book. But the movie's great. And I guarantee you the movie's better without even fucking touching the book. It's a, a movie called Matilda. 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 It was a movie basically, if I, it, I guess you could call it sci-fi. And it was allegorical. And it was fantastic. It's an exaggeration of, um, you know, I, I would say karma. It's, it's an exaggeration of karma. It is a, uh, it's made in the stylings of like, you know, how it basically what you can think of the movie is like, you know, just another expression in life of everything going well for a little white girl, regardless of how, what life she's born into. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, cause Matilda was neglected. Matilda was a white girl, but she had a fucked up life, but she was white. So God gave her superpowers. No. Uh, <laughs> no, everybody knows Matilda's fucking great film. And I was watching that with my daughter. And I was just thinking to myself, there is a connection that we all have regardless of age to greatness. We all have a connection to something that is special. We're all attracted to it. And I noticed because I had a reaction watching this movie and remembering in the back of my brain how much I love this movie, but it wasn't until I saw my daughter, who's two years old. My daughter's two years old. She started watching the movie with me. And um, that's what really helped me get back into that childhood state of recognizing my first-hand experience with this film. Obviously, it's timeless. Obviously... Um, there's something special and transcendent about this movie 
because it kept the attention of my daughter and she's two years old and two-year-olds are hardwired to just be fucking lunatics. There's something wrong at that stage. (laughs) It's a wrong that is necessary in order to be a correctly developed adult. But if you have had a two-year-old or you have a two-year-old, there's something fucking wrong. Like whatever lever internally, psychologically, whatever, uh, you know, whatever... control for being an asshole. It's just fucking cranked to 11. Just pure fucking asshole. Pure unadulterated asshole. That's what a two-year-old is. I'm calling my daughter an asshole. Uh, What does that make me? Anyway, but the point of it was is that my my girl even said when the movie started, don't put this. Don't put this. She's not going to be able to pay attention. And I played it anyway because I don't listen to her because I'm a man. And Andrew Tate. And uh, I'm unplugged for the Matrix. If you want to uh, learn how to unplug for the Matrix, fourteen ninety nine a month. Uh, and um, I got to this level by pimping bitches, but you know, you understand, I am Morpheus. No, anyway. Um, basically, <laughs> my girl said, "Don't play it. She's not going to be able to pay attention." And my daughter paid attention. She was locked in. She got locked in. And I think about that. I'm like, yo. There's something, it has to be something transcendent about it. Maybe it's like a, a, a formula, I guess. Um, it, it just doesn't exist in every movie. Maybe some people understand that formula when they're making something where it can hold the attention of a fully developed uh, man baby like myself and an actual baby. <laughs> you understand? It has that that thing, man. I don't know what that is. Universal quality? I don't know. I don't know. I like to call it magic. I call it magic, ladies and gentlemen. I call it magic. Scale of one to ten. Um, how gay are you? No. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! When I was growing up, gay was an insult. You know, gay was an insult, uh, and it was a hurtful insult. Like, you know. <laughs> You call somebody gay, that shit was like, yo, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't call nobody gay. You know what I mean? Probably very traumatic to anybody who's gay. I, I, I don't, you know, I don't think about that. How many people that I grew up with were probably gay, but just because of the bubble that I existed in, that they couldn't be themselves. You understand what I'm saying? So like somebody came and they called me gay, it hurt on the level of like, I feel like I'm being bullied or it's embarrassing. But imagine how badly that internalized to somebody that grew up in my same environment, had to deal with all the fucked up shit that I had to deal with as a kid. And then the entire culture is against something that's natural for them, you know, or maybe it didn't hurt because kids can't be gay. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I guess kids could be gay, right? Uh <laughs> That's a great way to word something. I think everybody understands what I'm trying to say. You know, are you, are, you know, do you, do you develop your sexual preference later in life when your hormones kicking, when your balls drop, when your dick starts spraying mayonnaise, or are you already sexually, uh, you have a sexual preference as a child? That's what I was trying to say. But if you word it the way I worded it, I think it's funnier. Can kids be gay and just let people take that where they want to take it? You know, I would like to do that. I would like to do that, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's going to be the next iteration of, um, what is this, content creating? 
I think I'm going to go onto the streets, the mad streets of planet Earth. If that has not been done to motherfucking death and get my like cell phone in people's faces and, you know, ask them questions like that. Can kids be gay? Question mark. And then I'll go viral. And, uh, you know. Huh? No, I, I don't want to do that. I'm really looking at this picture. It's really captivating me. I talked about it already. It's just, you know, sometimes a picture, was it a thousand words? I don't know who made that fucking thing. That's so interesting as well. It's like somebody just had that thought and it's, that's another case of like words put together in a certain order that elicit some type of reaction that is universal. And I'm thinking about that. I'm like, that makes no sense. Like a, a picture holds a thousand words. Like, but no, that it's not fucking. <laughs> that's not fucking true. That's not fucking true, man. You know what I'm saying? That's you never screenshotted some random shit or took a picture in your fucking back pocket. It's nothing. It's nothingness. There are no words. Some things are nothing. No, I guess everything has deep meaning. This is the Matrix, ladies and gentlemen. It's all an illusion. Yeah, but this picture is fucking, it is captivating. It's interesting. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why it's interesting. I think it's because there's something about looking at animals do something that human beings do. So I'm looking at this and it's such a, like, it really looks like a parent consoling their child, right? That's what it looks like. And it's, it is more... Um, I'm so full of shit. It's more human than it is, you know, animal. We're primates, right? Humans are primates. Isn't that fucking wild? Do we think about that enough? Do we think about that enough that we're fucking monkeys? That we are primates? Isn't it? Are we primates? We're primates, right? Let me look that up. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're just basically like an evolved Pikachu. That's what we are. <laughs> We're we're the same thing as a peak. What was the evol- evolution of a Pikachu or Raichu? We're that, but the primate. Our human beings. This is. I know that we're primates. I know that we're primates, but I just have to ask because I want to see what they say about it. Are humans considered primates? Humans are primates, a diverse group that includes some two hundred species: monkeys, lemurs, apes are our cousins, and we have evolved. From a common ancestor over 60 million years ago. I just want to look up different primates. Let's look this up. This is interesting. Okay. So there is the human being. That's hopefully me and you. Hopefully this is, you know, uh, sentient AI is not, you know, tuned in right now. Trying to study and, and destroy human beings. Um, the human being, me and you, uh, the Bornean orangutan, northern white-cheeked gibbon, they got the white cheeks, bombo or pygmy chimpanzee, and a western lowland gorilla. These are different types of primates, which is very fucking interesting to think about that. We are, what are like different classifications of like, uh, let me see, common hominid ancestor. Uh, is the orangutan 
or Gibbons? Gibbon or yeah, orangutans, gorillas, chimps. Chimps are the closest. So we are we're chimpanzees. We're chimpanzees, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and that makes a lot of sense now that you fucking think about it. Like I'm looking at this photo of two if you saw these and you were a human being, and it was like a mother monkey, and she's like holding her baby monkey, and they're gazing at the water. Um, regardless of how beautiful and scenic it is, you know, most human beings are going to walk by and say, there's a couple motherfucking monkeys. There's a couple primates. But we don't do that when we look at human beings. We don't walk past human beings doing things that we all fucking do and say, those are primates. Those are monkeys. You know what I'm saying? But we are. We're all fucking primates. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and that's wild to me. That's fucking wild. And it makes sense. It makes sense because we have, I guess, evolved. But past the leap in evolution where we went from hairy bodies and superhuman strength and, uh, you know, according to this photo, red faces. I don't know if we leapt from this level of monkey to, you know, we're probably closer to chimpanzees or whatever the fuck we're closer to. Whatever we leapt from was very animalistic looking. And now we look, you know, more smooth. Uh, if you're not, you know, if you're not like super spick or Russian, you know what I'm saying? A lot of body hair. But the, most human beings have a lot less hair than a fucking monkey, right? We've made that huge biological leap out of being primates. After that, have we really evolved much after that? Have we really, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> did we really evolve much after being prime? No, I don't think so. I don't think we have. I think we're being carried by technology. And that's kind of alarming, ladies and gentlemen. It's kind of alarming to think about the fact that we are primates playing around with technology. And something that's very like interesting to think about as well is like we're so still in the primate stage that we're not only just playing around with the technology. It's like if monkeys found guns, right? Monkeys are, are wherever monkeys exist. These monkeys are in a snowy area and um, it's really cold and they find guns laying on the ground. You know, if these monkeys get a hold of those fucking guns, they're going to go crazy, right? But imagine if those monkeys had the wherewithal not only to play around with those guns, but to improve the quality of those guns. That's kind of what we're doing with technology. And we're doing so to a level where the the thing we're playing with, the tech, it's not a gun, but it could become smarter than us. <laughs> That's some monkey shit. That's some motherfucking monkey shit. That's some monkey shit. I don't know. No, man. Um, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to start painting the picture of a dystopian future. I think I think enough of people are doing this. I think of enough of our people do. I, I was thinking about that and uh, I was actually having a great conversation with my aunt uh, about that. We were talking about kind of like all the things that we see in the world right now that cause us concern and how the world has changed in our lifetimes. And then thinking going forward, what is going to happen to humanity, she has similar instincts uh, that I do, that we are in a transitional period. You know, we have 
slightly different opinions, but we both have the instincts that this is a transitional period where things are going to change in a great way. And she was just describing to me, she's like, I hope people are really ready for the change that is before us. And uh, I agree with that to a great extent. I don't look at it negatively. What I told her is I was like, I think more people need to start projecting a positive outlook on the future. And if this happens with enough people, I really do think that could influence positive going forward. This is not no motherfucking law of attraction manifestation. I'm not talking about that, ladies and gentlemen. This is not, you know, a, a side window. I just made fun of Andrew Tate and now I want you to subscribe. Kind of is. Um, I'm going to be Neo. If he's Morpheus, can I be Neo? Can I be fucking Neo? I don't want to fuck Neo. Uh, you get, ah! Um, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I was having a conversation with my aunt and it was along the lines of what I'm talking about. It was talking about people having a positive outlook for the future. And I have this belief in me that maybe a lot of the ills that we run into in society is an over-focus of problems. It's an over-focus of the negative. And I'm not talking about problems that exist now. I'm not talking about the negative things that exist now. I'm not saying throw out uh, pragmatism. I'm not saying uh, throw out forecasting. I'm not saying don't plan. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I think people generally have a mindset when they're thinking about the future to shoot immediately for the bad. To immediately go in their mind when they're thinking about the future and say, this is going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. This is going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. And if we spent more time giving our energy to what could go right, to what could be a positive outcome. God damn it, the blender. No. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I could tell you this, and this is not being negative. This is where I said don't throw being pragmatic out. I can I can tell you when I'm on a podcast, my girl's going to interrupt it. I can tell you that right now. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you, I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it, Vegas. I got the fucking odds. Um <laughs> crazy but uh like i was saying i really do think if if most people focused on a positive outcome for our future then naturally that would create a more positive outcome you understand what i'm saying i think people spend too much time blame gaming it trying to point the finger you know all these things that it's it's important but it's too much of anything is a bad fucking thing too much of anything is a bad thing. Too much of anything is... I don't know. I just started sounding like a dad for a second. Um, man, I, I believe that. I believe that. I. What would we be as a human race if for one generation, if we got one generation of humans that didn't do what the rest of us fucking do, <laughs> that didn't negatively project their future? That weren't fear-based. If we had one generation that didn't think like that. And if there was ever a time where that would be okay, it's now. 
we think that this is the most tumultuous time in history and it is true that the global game of chess is tricky and that there's tons of people in power that want to keep centralizing that power and there's people that have negative intentions and there may be some type of evil in the world. You understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of that consideration. There's a lot of evidence for that. But we're not also considering that only in 2023, in this in this time that we live in, how however strange it is, do we have the potential for just one generation to live without fear? To live without fucking fear. Yo, I was just in a fucking Chick-fil-A. And a robot served somebody their fucking food. I swear to God, man. And my balls shriveled up like raisins and went into my body. But at the same time, there was like a, a it was hope. There was hope there. There was hope. I saw something. I was like, it could be fucked up. But I could also consider that it could go very fucking well. That it could go very fucking well. That this could help us and make way for all of the menial things that we've had to do. All of the things that we've had to brainwash ourselves. It's people don't understand. They want to blame the man. They want to blame systems. They want to blame power and say all these people brainwash us into nine to five and all this other shit. And not understanding the micro view of it. Humanity formed this way so that we can get where we are right now. It was brutal and ugly, but it was what got us here. It's not debatable that we are here. It's not debatable how we got here. You can call it ugly. You can call it whatever you would fucking like. But the reality is, is that's the way that humanity went. That's the way that human beings went. And now we're here. And there's robots giving people double fried chicken sandwiches. You understand what I'm saying? There's some wild fucking shit. This opens some space. If we can think positively, and if enough people can think positively and intelligently and focus that on how it could go right, then I think the, the going wrong doesn't happen. It does, you know what I'm saying? And we could have a, a new generation of people who don't have to abide by these brainwashed rules. Humanity brainwashed itself because it was was necessary for us to get where we are. And it's no longer necessary to think like that. You know what I'm saying? What a a tough transition, though. I've heard of, like, generational trauma. And it's not just the learned behaviors of your parents who learned the behaviors from their parents. But there's some scientific evidence of epigenetic memory, which is, like, certain fears or... Uh, responses, knee-jerk reactions, some of your triggers could be passed down from your lineage. Think about that. So you might not even have incurred the trauma. It could have been your great-granddaddy and maybe you got that gene that was altered in his lifetime and he passed that down to you. Now you live with an irrational fear with no trauma behind it. That would be interesting. And I think about that. So if we're carrying all that around and we're in this transitional period and people have it so hardwired, not just in their life, not just because the pressures of the system or society or the people in power have brainwashed them and indoctrinated them into what they think the ideals of a happy and successful life is. Not only that, but they have that for generations. And to think about the gravity of that on their shoulders as things before them are shifting.
as things around them are changing, it would be very difficult, not impossible, but it would be very difficult to then adapt to that and understand the way things that have been don't have to be. They don't have to be that way. They don't have to be that way, you know? But I imagine, even though we're in a very particularly strange period of transition, I imagine there's been many periods of transition of great magnitude through many civilizations since the beginning of human civilization. And it was probably very difficult for people who found a grounded level and altitude at which to fly that was healthy for them. Um, And as the world changed because they just happened probability-wise to be born into a period of time where the world was going to go through great transition, uh, it probably was, was really difficult for some people to even see it, let alone adapt to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit is crazy, man. It's motherfucking crazy, man. Or maybe I'm completely wrong. You know what I'm saying? I don't like to rule out any possibility 100%. I just believe what I believe. And I also... I love other opinions. I love differing opinions. I love random opinions. I do. I do, man. I do. Don't you? Don't you? I think it would be... You know, people talk about hell on earth and heaven on earth, right? Um, I think it would be hell on earth if everybody fucking agreed with me. I would lose my fucking mind. <laughs> I would lose my motherfucking mind. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I I I I don't know. That would be wild. That would be fucking wild. And it, I don't mean it like that. Like I mean it like if there were no challenging opinions. You know what I'm saying? Cuz contrast is beautiful. Whether it's acknowledged or not, whether people are conscious of it or not, contrast is so incredible to texture this thing that we call life. It's in everything in nature. You don't have one sense. And of each sense, there are nuances that are contrasting. There's not one taste. There's not one smell. There's not one sound. There's not one sight. There's not one feeling. Everything has... You know, there's levels to everything, man. It's different experiences. And all, you know, the amalgamation of that is what we interpret as reality, which is beautiful. Or it could be horrific or it could be, you know what I'm saying? It's a a bunch of different ways that it can be interpreted and that everybody experiences different levels in different places and different parts of their fucking life. It's incredible. It's incredible. That contrast is so important. I, I wonder, like, what would reality be like if it was just everybody agreed? Fuck that. Fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck you, fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you. Sorry. Um, Easter just passed. No, actually, today is Easter Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Easter Monday. Uh, I was asking my girl. I was trying to quiz her because when we got together um, and started, you know, doing sexual things. It's going on 10 years ago. 10 motherfucking years ago. Jesus. When we first got together and started doing the hibbity-dibbity, you know, my girl came across as a Christian. And now so much time has passed that I reconsider the past. It's not just my past. I start to question everything. I start to motherfucking question everything. I'll go to my girl and be like, man, you were Christian when I met you. I don't hear you talk about God too much. And I ask her these basic fundamental Christian questions. I grew up Christian. 
I say, you know, tomorrow's Easter. It was yesterday I was talking. You know, today's Easter Sunday. You know, tomorrow's Easter Monday. She's like, oh, really? I'm like, bitch, bitch. you told me it was Christmas, bitch. Um, you motherfucking lying. Uh, <laughs> Easter Monday, folks. For anybody who's not of the Christian faith, this is the day that Jesus, Jesus Christo, Spirito, Spirito, Santo, 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 Santo. Um, Jesus rose from the grave. Oh, 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 oh. Burn some sage and wear a white robe, and Jesus is floating, and he has blonde hair because you understand. Um. Jesus, G is Jesus Day, man. It's G Jesus, man. Uh, <laughs> Easter's beautiful. Easter is fucking beautiful, and um, for every fucking reason, I don't understand how the, the Christian holidays get reformed into like weird acid trips for children. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know how this shit works. I want to look that up, actually. Because I understand Easter to be an event where or you, Christ was crucified. Um, he was put on a cross and they, uh, they, you know, crows pecked at him or something. Whatever the fuck the story says, right? And then he dies and he's buried and he comes back to life. He's resurrected, right? So I'm thinking about that. I'm like, how does that turn into bunnies? What the fuck? All right, origin... Of the Easter bunny. Okay. Let's see. Smithsonian. That sounds pretty fucking historically accurate, right? They have a a magazine, but they're well known for their museum. So let's see if they're fucking right. The ancient origins of the Easter bunny. A scholar traces the folk figure's history from the Neolithic era to today. Written by Tok Thompson. What a name. The Easter Bunny is much celebrated char- is a much celebrated character in American Easter celebrations. On Easter Sunday, children look for hidden special treats, often chocolate Easter eggs, and that Easter Bunny may uh, that the Easter Bunny may have been left behind. I'm reading like a motherfucking tard. As a folklorist, a folk oh, Jesus Christ. As a folklorist, I'm aware of the origin of the long and interesting journey this mythical fe- figure has taken from European prehistory to today. The religious role of the hair. So I'm, I'm assuming that the hair is some type of um, allegorical representation of some type of meaning. It's, it's a parable. It's a... Easter is a celebration of spring and new life. Eggs and flowers are rather obvious symbols of female fertility. But in European traditions, the bunny, with its amazing reproductive potential, is not far behind. This is triggering me. I had sex last night and I hope I didn't fucking come in my girl. In European traditions, the Easter bunny is known as the Easter hare. The symbolism of the hare has many tantalizing ritual and religious roles down through the years. Hares were given ritual burials alongside humans uh, during the Neolithic age in Europe. So they were burying rabbits next to people in Neolithic Europe. Are they going to say why archaeologists have interpreted this as a religious ritual? Hairs representing rebirth. It is all motherfucking connecting the dots. Jesus, who rose on the third day, you get it. Motherfucker. All right. Over a thousand years later, during the Iron Age 
Ritual burials for hares were common in 51 BCE, Julius Caesar mentioned in Britain, hares were not eaten due to their religious significance. And there's a photo of two strangely shaped white people. And they, you, you know, like those old paintings of white people who were just like porcelain white and they're like laid about and uh, they only have like small pieces of cloth covering their genitals. That's what I'm looking at. And it's pretty creepy. There's a naked baby as well. And then there's a rabbit on a lady's ass. Uh, Piero de Cosmos, Venus, Mars, and Cupid. I imagine that this is a very famous painting. There's angels in the back. Uh, they're like sharpening their bows and arrows. Pretty creepy. Caesar would likely have known in the classical, would likely have been known uh, in the classical Greek tradition. Uh, hairs were sacred to Aphrodite, to the goddess of love. Meanwhile, Aphrodite's son Eros was often depicted carrying a hair as a symbol of unquenchable desire. You fucking like bunny rabbits. It's talking about trying to get a nut and you can't get it off because you just keep on getting more addicted to the pussy. You know what I'm uh, from the Greek world through the Renaissance, hairs often appear as a symbol of sexuality in literature and art. For example, the Virgin Mary is often shown with a white hair or rabbit, symbolizing that she overcame sexual temptation i'm very interested how this transitions into the way that we teach this to children you know because kind of sexual hair meat and witches mischief okay but it is in the folk traditions of england and germany that the figure of the hair is specifically connected to easter accounts from the 1600s in germany describe children hunting for easter eggs hidden by the easter hair much as in the united states today Written accounts from England around the same time also mention the Easter hare, particularly in terms of traditional Easter hare hunts and eating of the hare meat after Easter Pauls. Uh, one tradition known as the hare pie scramble was held at Hallington, a village in Leicestershire, England. It involved eating a pie made with hare meat and people scrambling for a slice. In 1790, the local parsons tried to stop the custom due to its pagan association, but was unsuccessful. And the custom continues in the village until this day. There's a photo of a very hairy hair in 1502. Uh, the eating of the hair may have been associated with various longstanding folk traditions of scaring away witches at Easter. Throughout Northern Europe, folk traditions record a strong belief that witches would often take the form of a hair, usually uh, for causing mischief such as stealing milk from neighbors cows which is that sounds very pg for a witch <laughs> witches in medieval europe um were said to be able to suck the life out energy out of others making them ill the idea that the witches of winter should be banished at easter is a common european folk motif appearing in several festivities and rituals, the spring equinox with its promise of new life was held symbolically in opposition to the life-draining activities of witches in the winter. Interesting. This idea provides the underlying rationale be behind various festivals and rituals such as Austafia. Uh, uh, I can't pronounce that. And that sounds crazy. Uh, Easter fire, a celebration in Germany. Uh, involving large outdoor bonfires meant to scare away witches. In Sweden, 
Jesus, okay. In Sweden, and popular folklore states that at Easter, the witches all fly on their broomsticks to feast and dance while the devil on the legendary island of Balula in the Baltic Sea. Okay, so they're all eating and dancing with the devil on this random island in the Baltic Sea. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit more of this because this is interesting to me. If it's not interesting to you, fuck are you. In 1835, the folklorist Jacob Grimm, one of the famous team of uh, the fairy tale brothers Grimm, we all know those, those stories, argued that the Easter hare, my child is screaming, was connected to the goddess he imagined would have been called Ostara, an ancient German. He derived the name from his Anglo-Saxon goddess Estor, who just had to pause the recording because my child was screaming fucking bloody murder because she's getting her, her teeth brushed. And um, you know what I mean? There's a little, little balance for you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, he derived the name from the Anglo-Saxon goddess Estor, who uh, Bidet, uh I don't know what the fuck that means, an early medieval monk considered to be the father of English history mentioned in 1731 CE. Uh, Bidet noted... That in 8th century England, Bidet, <laughs> the month of April was called Estor month, after the goddess Estor, so Easter, Estor. Uh, he wrote that a pagan festival of spring in the name of the goddess had become assimilated into the Christian celebration of the resurrection of Christ. So this was a reformation of, uh, I guess, Estor. Uh, while most European... Languages refer to the Christian holiday with names that come from the Jewish holiday of Passover, um, blah, 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 different languages in German, Swedish, English languages retain this older non-biblical word, Easter. Recent archaeological research appears to confirm the worship of a store in parts of England and Germany with the hair as her main symbol. The Easter bunny therefore seems to recall these pre-Christian celebrations of spring heralded by the vernal equinox and personified by the goddess Astor. Uh, after a long, cold northern winter, it seems natural enough for people to celebrate themes of resurrection and rebirth. The flowers are blooming, birds are laying eggs, baby bunnies are hopping all around. As a new life emerges in spring, the Easter bunny hops back once again, providing a long-standing cultural symbol to remind us of the cycles and stages of our own lives. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that's a lot of cultures and a, a long motherfucking time, a long period in history where people were worshiping Christ, Easter, a store, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And it's all symbolism. It is all teaching us that winter is bad and I need to go somewhere that's humid and balmy. You understand what I'm saying? Um, no. <laughs> that, you know what I'm saying? There's this there's, there's seasonal depression. And after that, maybe go get a facial, go cleanse yourself, go sweat it out, go drink some Jack Daniels, go to Thailand, check the crotch before you, you know, you sucky or fucky. And, you know, make sure to be reborn. Bloom like the flowers, like the lotus. Be reborn, ladies and gentlemen. You understand what I'm saying? It's beautiful. My baby stopped crying, but I imagine she's about to start back up because that's what this is. It doesn't motherfucking stop. So guess what? I'm going to stop until next time.